0: Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trenum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoy today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinham. I'm going to be your host as always, um, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Today is going to be another installment in the segment that I am I have titled uh, "Living Faith," where I want to, whether it's me or me talking with different individuals, just have conversations about my personal faith, the faith of others, and uh, just put it out there for all of you all to hear. And so. Today is uh, one I've been looking forward to. Uh, I have my guest today, someone that I've known for, I don't know how many years now uh, at this point, but somebody that uh, helped me grow a lot in my personal faith, especially when I was growing up, uh, and that I've been able to keep contact with over the years, uh, and somebody that is always a a great time to be around. So uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today, and Josh, thank you for being here to chat with me today.
1: I'm so excited to be here. As you said, my name is Josh Simpson, Um, student pastor now, was the College ministry leader when you were here, yeah. and you mentioned that word faith in your faith, and I'm just excited to be here <laughs> as a witness to your faith. I
0: actually
1: use you a lot when I preach and teach. So. Oh, really? Am I
0: am I like the the am I the gold the the trophy for you? <laughs> Sometimes. So, yeah, I'm just kidding.
1: This recorded, you're definitely the for me is definitely the standard of, of faith and faith lived out. So,
0: well, awesome. you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know when I when I met you. I, don't, I really don't remember. I know it was sometime in in high school, because I forget whenever my family started coming here, but, um, you were one of the first people in my life that like made, showed me that like being a Christian and having a faith that you truly believe in can be fun. Like it's, it doesn't have to be this, like always like buttoned up, like super, you know, we are in church and we are going to sit up straight and look for like, there's, there's an aspect of that. Sure. But you were one of the first people that like, we would, I would, I would hang out with you or hang out with you and other people. And we would be having fun while also learning about the Bible or be talking about our faith or talking about things that we're struggling with. And that was kind of a first for me. Like I'd never, never known that that part of being a Christian was there, you know. Um, And and I don't know, that just really stuck with me a lot because for most of my life leading up until that point, it was kind of just like – you're going to go to church. You're going to sit there. You're going to you know you're going to sit up straight. You're going to listen to the songs, and you're going to you know come in and do what you got to do, and then you're going to leave. And that was kind of it. Um, but you, I mean, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but you kind of flipped that on its head just a little bit for me personally, and really helped me out a lot. Just whenever I was younger, and have helped me get to where I am now.
1: It's awesome, and man, it it sounds so cliche, but like my leaders and myself is, we really believe that Christ is cool, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds so weird. So I don't know, maybe <laughs> '90s or something, but like we refuse to be anywhere and not have fun yeah. maybe that's just the way we were raised like my family like we we have fun at funerals mm-hmm. so we refuse to be anywhere and not have fun and that <laughs> idea that that image that you painted of church buttoned up whatever and that was like not one thing is like i can't come to church every sunday and super <laughs> that's just not me like so it's just a laid-back vibe and man i think it had to be in this room that we're in right now is when we first met when you were a student in the student ministry mm-hmm. and i was just a leader but I mean, it really is fun. Yeah, and I, I think that says a lot when when Christ really is the center of your life. There, there should be that joy. There should be that fun. So it's cool that you see that, and it's cool that you still live that.
0: Yeah, and and that's something that I've tried to like to live out as much as I can. Just because <laughs> this this isn't like to you know, th- don't take this the wrong way, but like you know, sometimes like growing up, a lot of the people that I interacted with in church were just much much older than me, or that like, or whenever I was a kid, like I couldn't, I didn't really have a lot in common with like a 40 year old or like a 50 year old. And like, that's fine. Like I was 12 at the time. Yeah. Like well, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed yeah. to relate to these people? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. And yeah. And so, you know, growing up, like having someone that understood, you know, to some degree, like what it was like being, you know, not being a 40 or 50 year old in church and, and understanding what it's like to be, you know, quote unquote, a youth of the day. And, and growing up like in the church like that, it was, it was really interesting. And I never, I never really had someone like that. So you fit that role for me perfectly, you know?
1: Awesome. Man, awesome that's, that's it. And I guess I get the same thing growing up when we did go to church, because I didn't really grow up, in in a sense, in church. But, like, the youth yeah. that went to church with us yeah. were usually on the outside of the church trying to avoid as much church as possible because yeah. we felt like it was their thing. Yeah. It was, as you would say, like cut and dry. And, man, faith shouldn't be boring. Yeah. Uh, the church isn't boring. Uh, yeah. Life in Christ isn't boring. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I think that's a big persona that a lot of people on the outside of the faith have about Christianity is like, it's just a drag. Yeah. Like it's just depressing. It's mm-hmm. just sad. You're just a robot. The thing, <laughs> And I mean, that's, that's, that doesn't sound good to anybody. Yeah. Though. Well, nobody Maybe. wants to be a part of that. No, yeah. No. So that's cool. That's, cool
0: that's awesome. And that. So in, in that vein, would you care to just talk a little bit about just your personal testimony and just how you got to where you are? I know that, uh, comparatively speaking, you know, like I was, I was, I can't remember a time where I wasn't in church. Like you know, growing up, whether it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like we were here. If the doors were open, we were we were here. Uh, and you know, I know that you have a very different story. Like you kind of alluded to a little bit there. Do you care to just go into a little bit of your personal testimony and how you are where you are today?
1: Yeah, definitely. So first off, I will say that this idea that you grew up in church, you were always there, and doors open. That's the way it should be. I'm just going to say that up front. That's the way it should be. And I know we don't like that, but that's the way it should be. That's a result of good parenting. I'll say that. But shut up for a moment. That's right. That's right. Um, to me, that's an awesome thing. But for me, that's not my story. And um, whenever I think of my personal testimony, like if you could just put a tagline above it, it would just be like, God is not a God of statistics. Mm-hmm. Because st- statistically, I shouldn't be sitting here in front of you talking about faith and what we're doing, <laughs> man. Like I, I just statistically it wouldn't make sense because uh what I would tell people is many testimonies start with like right when they met God right when they encountered him and their life forever changed but mm-hmm. the reality is my introduction to this life was one that would be I guess uh, all the odds were against me yeah I was born to a mother who didn't want me a father who couldn't raise me and I was given to my grandmother at three months old uh, so she was I was been raised by a woman who had already raised her kids yeah and from that honestly Throughout the the rest of my time with her, she passed away uh, my ninth grade year, my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. But from then on, like it was just a <laughs> statistical nightmare yeah. as far as where I should be in my life. Yeah. If you look at them, I, mean, I should probably be in jail with many kids from many different people <laughs> and yeah. everything else. But yeah. man, God is not a God of statistics. So like, my testimony came from what we've been talking about just already in these first few minutes mm-hmm. is sitting under someone who showed me that there is joy found in Christ and that 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 is the reason for living. Mm -hmm. So uh, I met a man actually my high school year is uh, my crazy life leading up to that. And for the first time ever, I met somebody who genuinely lived out the reality that I know we said Christ is cool, but Christ was his joy. Mm -hmm. That was his purpose for living. And for the first time ever in my life, meeting him, spending time with him as a gym teacher in high school, Mm -hmm. um, he, he lived. To not only share the gospel, but to live it out. Mm-hmm. To show what the love of Christ looked like. And man, that captivated me. Yeah, There was something about that. And there was actually one story specifically in high school where I saw him literally put his job on the line for the sake of me hearing the gospel. Really? And that was one of the first things that was like, okay, this man is serious. Yeah. Not only that, but he's serious about me. Mm-hmm. He's willing to risk his life, his family, mm-hmm. his job, his well-being for the sake of this gospel. Yeah. And man, there, there's something about this if he's willing to do that, which led me to give my life to Christ later yeah. on uh, because of that very moment right there. And that's what led me to him. So my, my faith journey might be a little bit different. It wasn't raised in the church in a yeah. sense. Um, cause I felt like <laughs> probably like you did, like when I went, it was like, oh, man,
0: I, I can, know. I can remember so many Sundays and this is more, more, this is definitely my fault. Uh, so many Sundays, right. i be like, oh just like i'm so tired i don't want to be here like but it, w- it was not because like anything the church would wrong it was like i just stayed up to like four in the morning That's the it, night before yeah. and
1: i just sat ah, out, you know it. so it was funny because like growing <laughs> up i was that type of kid who if you said god wasn't real i'd probably fight you <clears throat>
0: yeah
1: like okay now we gotta fight you just yeah. you just offended me but then i would live as though he wasn't yeah it's <laughs> so, like my life would show like hey i, I really believe what you believe but mm-hmm. i just can't say that yeah and later on in high school when i was when my grandmother passed away i lived with um my aunt, and she pretty much had a thing on Sunday. You don't go to church, you don't eat. Like, if you don't come with us on Sunday to church, like, we can bring, you no know, food from the restaurant we go eat. <laughs> so it was like, I don't want to go to church, but, man, I really like eating. Yeah, I'm really, so, like, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I'm, you I'm know? going, I don't know, maybe that's legalism. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm like, I, I've got to go. That's going to be, gonna be the title
0: of this episode, Faith Faith Through Hunger or something like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> it works, it works, but it got me there. But, man, I, I hear those same things, and now it's funny because on this side of, Kids and everything like that, our kids are the same thing. Like, I don't want to go. I'm like, well, you get to. I don't want to. Well, you get to. And, like, you know, now we're about to walk out the door and it's like, now you have to. Yeah. Let's go. So uh, it's growing up and seeing that right there. It's it's pretty cool. And I guess it's encouraging to know that I'm not the only one who, (laughs) when I was younger, looked at church like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. So.
0: And and that was definitely like an attitude that I had growing up. Like I was like, oh my gosh, we gotta go to church. Like it's Sunday. Like I would love to just sleep in or do whatever. Like I don't, you know, whatever, as if I didn't sleep in the day before, you know. Um, But as I've gotten older, and I say this like I'm some, you know, wise sage or something. But as I've gotten older, that attitude of getting to go to church or getting to be around, uh, you know, my Christian brothers and sisters, like that's really become a much more important thing to me because. I've seen the impact that they have on my life. I've seen how they have fed into me personally and how I try to hope to feed into them. Um, and it's, it's become such a a much more joyous experience. It's not just me showing up and sitting down in a chair and being there for like, you know, an hour or so or whatever, and just kind of listening to whatever's going on. Like it's a much more in depth, um, and enjoyable experience, you know, and, and I think if you can Whatever your age or however long you've been a Christian or whatever, I think if you can if you can kind of reframe, uh, especially going to church in that way, it becomes a much more enjoyable experience and a much more uh, kind of informative experience. You know, you you learn a lot more, you gain a lot more from it. I think that's that's a, a big step to. Just growing your faith personally, you know?
1: It's definitely maturity on your part. And it's, uh, I say this all the time, but it's it's almost as if God is smarter than us. You know? It's, it's weird. Well, like maybe, we say,
0: maybe just a little
1: bit. Christ is cool, but also the church. I don't know. i made a 26 crazy. in the ACT <laughs> yeah. now. I know, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, uh, it's good job growing your brain. Um, it's pretty good. But now, like, for me, uh, and I, I tell our students this all the time and it's meant like sarcastically but at the same time it's true like God is smarter than us Mm -hmm. He's a genius Mm -hmm. and the things He gives us are are good so like again you you move from that mindset of I have to go to church versus I get to because God has given us something that's awesome and we we get to see the benefits of that it's something that you don't dread going to but it's something you long for you look for and it's an awesome thing when you're in a place that like you said you can experience those things when the church is doing what the church does like that's a place to be and
0: and i i know personally like for me i feel that kind of longing for it if for whatever reason i'm not able to be there on a sunday or i'm not able to be there when i normally would be you know even now, like I try to be at church whenever I can, whether it's Sunday, you know, whatever days anything's going on, like I try to be there, but sometimes things get in the way, you're not able, not able to attend for whatever reason. And even if it's just like a week, like a week or whatever, you know, not being in that normal routine, something feels off with me, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm missing something, missing out on something. And then, you know, when you return, it's like, oh, this is what I've been, yeah. what I've been waiting for, you know? And it's such, as a it's, believer now, like yeah. it's so easy. Like it take how long does it take to get that habit back in when you're like,
1: I've missed so much church, like I've got to go, I gotta go consistently, I gotta be there because this is what I need to mm-hmm. be, this is who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It takes a long time to get that. And it takes like a week and a half to yeah. break that habit. And you're like, <laughs> you know what, I can get used to this. And yeah. then it's like three weeks in, you're like, something's missing, yeah. as you said, and you, you experienced that. So that's a that's funny. And I, I mean, I will be honest with you. My title, I'm a student pastor, so like I have to be here most mm-hmm. days. And I love the fact that I have to be, mm-hmm. because sometimes if I didn't have to be, I probably wouldn't be. Yeah. It'd be easy yeah. to fall into that same thing, yeah. and it's so easy to do that. Yeah.
0: So, so now that you are a student pastor, I mean, you you work with uh, what what do you what age groups do you work with? Oh man, from middle school to college, just all the way all the way up. Because I know whenever, I, like I said, when I was here, it was mostly college age or was it high school I was when you were in the college ministry
1: I was under our former student pastor yeah. the man who led me to Christ yeah. and it was just the college ministry and I would help out okay. whatever he needed gotcha. in the student ministry which was more high school
0: So now that you are effectively like you're over you know from from early on in, in there's you know in school to the the day they finish college if they choose to go to college just looking back and kind of having that over here and then viewing your personal testimony of how you came to Christ when you were in high school just what are your feelings on that, just how, how those two things have kind of married to one another, because like you said, statistically speaking, you shouldn't be here. You know, it's, it's, you should not be sitting in the position that you're in right now doing the thing that you're doing, but I think it's, I don't want to use the word ironic. I think, I think it's interesting that you came to Christ in a very, an orthodox way with a individual who didn't have to minister to you the way that they did in high school. And now you get to have such a, a big imprint on not only high schoolers, but people that are younger than them and older than them. What is just for you, what's your kind of like gut feeling whenever you hear that, you know, going on? Man, what I said a few minutes ago, it's
1: like, <laughs> God may be smarter than us. It's like, <laughs> like God is genius and we are not. Like I I talk to one of my closest friends all the time who actually serves with me. We sometimes we just sit at the table and we're just like, we just have to laugh. We're mm-hmm. like, who would have ever thought this? We wouldn't have. Yeah. But this isn't something that like God's. Like, oh, now that He done this, I can maybe I can use. Like this is the plan. It's mm-hmm. a calling. And honestly, the the length of time it took me to get to this point was at, at my own doing because this is God's plan from the beginning. So it, it's cool to see that because God always raises you up for that purpose, mm-hmm. that calling, that that life. So yeah. to look back and see that is also an, an awesome thing to see that God has been preparing you for something. He gives you a story that's different than. Most people like mm-hmm. that. There's there's cool diversity in the fact that I get to lead students who have a different background than me. There's some who do have the same background, but for yeah. the most part, there's a different perspective. So the fact that I was led to Christ by a man who was pouring into students, and eventually had that calling in my life where I was going to pour into students. Mm-hmm. Again, God is genius. I am not. I never yeah. would have saw that, but he did. And it's cool to step back and see that that really is what led me to this. I tell people often that outside of god that individual is the reason that i do what i do because yeah. he was one of the main reasons the main shapings in my life that mm-hmm. led me to what i do now so it's yeah. it's cool to step back and see of course hindsight
0: i i i was talking with somebody not too long ago uh we were talking about just how you know you you read in the bible we were we were specifically studying the holy spirit and like what you know how to understand the holy spirit and everything like what it does in our life and everything and we were having a conversation and I, you know, I told him, I said, for me personally, I've always seen the Holy Spirit work in my life kind of in hindsight. You know, I like I, I always find it difficult to like there's not many times where I'm sitting down, I'm like, okay, the Holy Spirit is doing this thing in my life. Like I don't, you know, I don't know where the the things I'm doing right now, where that's gonna lead. But I can certainly look back in the last six months, year, whatever, and connect, you know, connect the dots and be like, oh my goodness. I didn't realize at the time, but the reason that I was at this place was so I could be at this place next and so that I could minister to this person next and do this thing after that. And at the time, I had no clue like that was going to lead to that next step. I had no clue that the reason I was in those situations was so I could be in a different situation after that. Um, but I really think, and you know, it kind of sounds like you're talking about that a little bit, I really think that the way that one of the best ways we can see the Holy Spirit working in our lives is through that hindsight kind of after the fact and realizing, oh my goodness, like, I had no clue at the time that God was working in my life, but now I see that. I see that not only was he working in my life then, but he's got to be working in it now. Even if I don't know what he's doing, even if I don't know where he's leading me, why I'm here, I still know that he's with me and that he's working in me. And I think, I don't know, I think that's a very reassuring thing because, (laughs) I mean, life is hard, man. Life is complicated. Things get in the way. And to know that there's someone with you, even if you don't know where you're going, there's someone much smarter than you and much wiser than you and that knows where you need to be that's leading you along the way i mean what more can you ask for you know that's that's it's very reassuring to me especially like i said just as i get older and there's more responsibility on your shoulders to do things it's it's very reassuring to have that companion with you you know you mentioned
1: that that hindsight there um uh, to me, that's like the way of God. Like when you when you pick up the Bible and you read it, especially specifically the Old Testament, and I guess the things we get to see in the New Testament side is a remembering of what went on in the Old Testament mm-hmm. feast and festival. Yeah, what are they to do? To look back to see what God has done, because yeah. there was a lot of things missed in the middle of all those things going on. Yeah, and specifically we like to look at the Old Testament things and look at all the things they were missing all the while. We do the same thing in our very lives. Yeah. Like we miss what God is doing in the situation. So. Yeah. That's one thing we talk to our students often. Um, We did the study of Job, I think it was a few years back. It's like one of the biggest things to recognize what God is currently doing in your life is when things aren't going your way and when they are is to step back and say, okay, God, what are you doing right Mm -hmm. now? Help me see it now. So that's not something I learned from years from now, but in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then an awesome thing is to be able to step back when you do miss it and to see what God has done in the past, how he has been faithful in the past. That's a cool thing to see. So. Definitely, looking back, hindsight is an awesome thing. Like I said, I can look back in my life and see the many ways that he protected <laughs> me, he provided for me, he cared for me, he put me on a path that he wanted me on. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of that is looking back and seeing how I jumped off that path <laughs> and really ran and flipped off of and everything else. Yeah. So, But that hindsight, man, it's a, it's a cool word, especially when it comes to your faith. Cause yeah. That's it, a lot of where we learn.
0: And it's funny you, you bring up Job. One of my like as I've just one of my favorite portions in the whole Bible is and you I I, I know I've probably you've probably read this before but is towards the end of the book of Job in Job 38 when like book of Job is a very long and strenuous book and there's a lot of things going on but to summarize it like you know the story you know a lot of really bad things happened to him in the first part and then throughout most of the middle he's trying to figure out what these three other guys like why did this happen they all have different you know ideas about why these bad things happened to Job maybe it was Job's fault maybe it was this person's fault so on and so forth. And then in in chapter 38, Job is basically like he kind of like steps up to the plate. He's like, okay, God, like what you need to come down here and give me answers as to why these things have happened to me. And it's one of the coolest, in my opinion, one of just the coolest points in the Bible, because I've never he does. Like he, you know, it he like I imagine times in my life where I didn't know what things were, I didn't know what was going on, and I think, you know, like God, why is this thing happening? I've never had God come down, look at me, you know, kind of like look at me in the face and be like, hey, this is why these things are happening. But in Job, like he does. he Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just imagining Job, like standing on this hill and being like, all right, you know what, God, I want you to come down and give me some answers. And then just whatever entity, you know, drops down. He's like, okay, here I am. What do you want to know? You know? And it's my
1: favorite point. My favorite block of scripture in all of the Bible is Job 38. through Yeah. Yeah. I I love the power of God. Yeah. And rarely do you get to see God respond because Job was. Yeah. He was like, answer me. Yeah. And God showed up. And instantly Job was like, you know what? I was just kidding. You know?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry
1: to admit it. I, <laughs> I go back it. to where you were. I hear you loud and clear. And that's my favorite thing because I love the power of God. Yeah. And like, there's so much even in that situation right there where Job is yeah. questioning why all these things are happening and how God had turned his His eye from him and everything. And God answered him right from the beginning. And I love that first one. It was like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Yeah. And that's it's like, like oh, right that's right. You're finite. I'm infinite. I'm all powerful. And yeah. You're not. Let's yeah. keep going. By the way, this is only verse yeah. one of so
0: <laughs> Yeah, he, he could have stopped right there, and Job would have been like, you know what? That's a good point. I think we'll just call this a day. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. You <it's, he> may <laughs> yeah. He may resume, but like he, he keeps going. And at the end of that, what do you see from Job? Hand over mouth. Yeah. It's it's humble. It's humility, and yeah. and I love that because I was actually studying this actually this morning in John chapter nine when. Those things happen in life, and we're so quick to say, Why? Mm-hmm. What is this? What's going on right there? And we, we can really push back to legalism, thinking that God owes us something because we have lived a certain way, yeah. or like we don't deserve something because we've lived a certain way. Instead of looking at this, there's a quote A.W. Tozer I've had on my phone. It says, um, When I understand that everything happen, uh, happening to me to make me more Christ like, uh, when I understand that everything Happening to me is to make me more Christ-like. It resolves a great deal of anxiety in my life. So it's being able to step back even in that moment and understand that whatever I'm going through is for His purpose, for His glory. Just breathe. Don't do what Job did. And say, (laughs) come down here and answer me because God will show up and say, I'm going to question you. And you stand up and answer me like a man. Yeah. It's a scary
0: place to be. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. It's... And something about that passage as well, like you've seen, you know, there's other parts parts of the Bible where, you know, God or Jesus will respond to someone like, you know, directly in conversation or they'll give him an answer to the question, but specifically in Job 38 and then on, like, he doesn't just come down and be like, "Hey, here's your answer." Like he, you know, you mentioned the first thing he says is like, "Where were you whenever you, whenever I laid the foundation of the earth?" And, and then he just keeps going. He's like, "Where were you when I did this thing?" Or "Where were you whenever I put the stars in the sky?"
1: Or like, loose the belt of Orion. Yeah,
0: yes. yeah. And I'm just imagining Job just sitting there, just kind of like with his hand on his face, he's like, like, "Oh,
1: but wait, there's more."
0: Yeah, he's like, "Can you please stop? Like, I didn't, I didn't really mean this." You looking know? behind him? like, Is
1: anyone <laughs> else here? I'm here? I'm like, is there any dignity left after this right here? And it's just, man. That to me, and I maybe we we relate a lot in this right here, God showed up to display his power, yeah. his glory. You know, don't question me, but also don't miss the fact that I've seen everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm right here through this whole thing. I've yeah. noticed every single bit of it. And this is why I'm doing this. That's yeah. a that's a cool thing right there. And yeah. I, I love that man. I, I'm telling you that's one of my favorite things, is the power and the glory of God responding yeah. and then humbling me. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool thing, even in our life, as you said, when things are going on, just to be able to look at that story and be like, eh, I better.
0: Yeah. Well, it's because it's so easy, at least in my own life, like it's so easy to, when things get in the way, when life gets busy, like whatever's going on, it's so easy to get caught up in whatever you're doing. And forget that the God of Job 38 and then on is still with you, you know, things get in the way, you know, it's holiday season right now. Like there's so much going on, you know, you've got Christmas going on. There's always family things going on. People are traveling, job work, all, all things are kind of coming together all at the same time at the end of the year. And it's so easy for everything to just get in the way. Like you're thinking of all the things you got to do, but then you, you know, whether it's through a subtle reminder or a very explicit reminder, like with Job, if you can remember, yeah, the God that put the stars in the sky, the stars that are infinitely bigger and stronger than I am. And that there's so many of them, in the sky and that some that I will never see the God that holds those in his hand is sitting right here next to me while all the insanity of life is going on. Um, that's just an incredibly reassuring thing for me because like I said, life is complicated. There's a lot of things like I I don't have life figured out. I'm probably never will, but I don't necessarily feel the need to, because I know that the person who does have everything figured out is with me, and if I can rely on him, then you know, it doesn't matter what comes next. You know, I'm I'm taken care of. I'm good, um, and that's just a credibly reassuring thing for me personally. You know,
1: one hundred percent. And yeah. the reality is, if you knew where life was going, yeah. if you knew, well, we, probably, I'd probably we'd be terrified. We'd mess it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if God told us, like, hey, here's what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, don't, like, we, yeah, I mean, one minute in, we mess it up. <laughs> but you mentioned this about this idea of the Holy Spirit, and you just alluded to this again, is the very God of Job 38 and 41 is the very one who joins his life with yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, the, not the greatest place to be mm-hmm. is right there in, in fellowship and in, in close relationship with that very God right mm-hmm. there. So that's a... That's very, very reassuring when you can step back and no matter the chaos going on in life, yeah. you understand that that is the God who desires yeah. to be with you. That's a cool
0: thing. Yeah. Uh, so something I've been wanting to ask you you specifically about is because I forget when this was. I want to say it was probably like maybe 2018, 2017. I know I was still in, in, in high school. Um, and I remember one specific time. I think I was at your house. I don't remember... I was either at your house or I was talking to you for some reason, for whatever reason. Um, and something you told me has has stuck with me ever literally, like very explicitly up until this day. I don't even know if you if you meant for it too at the time, but I have been. I, first off, I want to just get your thoughts on this, and two, if you know where this came from, I would love to know where it came because I've I've told so many other people this thing afterwards. I'm like, oh, where'd you hear that from? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the origin of it, but well, one day I'll find out. Well, it may have been you. I don't know. It, it may have been you, but you told me there was a lot of things going on just in my life at that time, and the thing you told me was good or bad, whatever whatever's happening in your life, everything above being on a cross is a blessing. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't know. I don't know. You may have come up with that. I don't know if somebody else came up with that, but I I that but, <laughs> but but that stuck with me so much because in a somewhat similar vein with what we're talking about here with Job, you know, like I said, life is hard, like things get in the way. I know that we just us two individually, like we've both gone through different things in our lives and, you know, life can be very tough and difficult and there's can be a lot of bad things happen in our lives. But that I've never heard that framing before where everything good or bad, the, you know, the best thing you can imagine happening, the worst thing you can imagine happening is better than what we deserve is better than what he endured for us and because of that you should look at it as a a opportunity to grow an opportunity to mature more in your faith a blessing you know and i've that stuck with me ever, just so much ever since then because it's it's true like I, I really believe it's true and i've that that reassuring the the reassuring nature of that of that statement is so rings true to me. And I've, I've told so many people that and they're like, Oh my goodness, that's great. where did you hear that from? And I'm like, well, this guy told me this one time, but I don't know where he got it from. And I don't know who to credit. So I want to ask you first, just what, what your thoughts are on that, but also where did that
1: came from? Yeah. So first where it came from, it was not me as <laughs> i like to claim that it was me. It wasn't, we were actually doing that study through the college ministry. It was a book study by John Piper. Uh, don't waste your life. That's yeah. one of my, that's uh, one of my favorite books, man. Yeah. And, um, he was talking about this idea of boasting in the cross mm-hmm. of Christ because literally anything above death on the cross, he said, is a blessing mm-hmm. from God. And people are like, why? Well, because we're supposed to die on the cross yeah. because of our sin. Yeah. So the idea is that, and I've, I've told people a lot this uh, about this re- uh, recently because of Christmas season. You know, mm-hmm. Christmas is about gifts and yeah. this and that and mm-hmm. the birth. Like, No, it's about the death of Jesus, not just the birth. So uh, it's, Jesus didn't just die for you. He died instead of you. Mm-hmm. So understand that He wasn't supposed to die on that cross for your sin. He chose to do that. So Mm -hmm. anything above death on that cross, you personally, is a blessing from God. That's the attitude right there. And it's honestly, it's the hardest, the mindset that you approach life with that mindset of, man, I just totaled my car or I just stubbed my toe. Whatever it is, no matter what it may be, (laughs) it's a blessing from God. Because I know what I deserve, but He withheld that from me. So. That's the idea. And I'll tell you, I, I think we were talking about this before we started here, is that you have been like my my golden child, <laughs> my my poster child for this idea of faith lived out. And I tell this all the time to the students that I minister to now, and it's, um, man, he lived that. Because while talking to you about this, and I don't know if you've shared this on your podcast before, but shortly after that is when you had the yeah. health scare. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's the health scare. it was It was terrifying for everybody involved. And I remember your parents telling me about this. They were scared to death, but they yeah. were like, he is so weirdly <laughs> calm about it. something that's not right. I think it shocked him to the point of he's just like so apathetic about it. But they yeah. told me that you made that comment that, yeah. hey, anything above death on the cross is a blessing from God. So what I have going on is a blessing. And I'm yeah. like, he gets it. He gets it. Holy smokes. He gets it. But it's from that book, and that's the idea. And, man, you lived that out, and it was cool to see That's why I say, like, you're my poster child. Because I tell people, like, well, he did it. You know, yeah. Daniel lived like that. He gets it. He understood it. You should, too, because that's the that's the reality, man. That is that is that truth lived out, Yeah. that you knew that you deserve death on a cross, mm-hmm. but God withheld that from you. So whatever else life throws at you, I yeah. want to see it as a blessing for his glory, yeah. for his purpose. And man, that's the thought. That's the idea. I wish I could claim that quote, but it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. But it is one that I'll forever remember to, yeah. uh, and it's a good one. And yeah. I can actually get you that book before we leave so that you can show people, this is who said it, Yeah, oh, this guy.
0: But no, yeah, no, what you're talking about, so I have, I have talked about it on the, on the podcast before and that time just it's always funny like talking about that time in my life just because like it's something that and I've 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 talked to other friends of mine that have that's have crazy enough experienced similar things but it's it's so weird to like talk about that time because I can't it's it's hard to explain like I remember I know exactly what you're talking about like the interactions I had with just my family and friends and it's so weird because looking back, for, for those who are listening, if you if you didn't listen to the literally the very first episode, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I at one point in life uh, had had a brain tumor, had to have it removed, and just we're talking about everything that had to you know went on around that time. Um, and to this day, I can't give a better answer as to the peace that I felt about that during that whole situation, uh, other than it being Christ. Like I, I genuinely can't because. I can recall so many instances, whether it was we were driving to, you know, driving to the hospital, or whether I was in the hospital, or I was recovering, or whether we still didn't know what was going to happen or what needed to be done. And I'm not going to sit here and act like it wasn't scary, like I was just, you know, Mr. Macho Man and I, you know, I didn't fear anything, but I never felt panicked, or I never felt like there wasn't there wasn't somebody that was in control or something that was in control. And like I said, yeah, it was scary. If you get told you have a brain tumor, whether it's benign or cancerous, like that's going to be a scary thing, regardless. Um, but that really did stick with me a lot because I knew that whatever the outcome of it was, there was going to be maturity and growth in my personal faith, and that what, like I said, whatever the outcome was, God was going to be glorified. And what more can you ask for? You know, whether it's good or bad, what what more can you ask for? Um, and so for me, like that really, that the, when you told me that, uh, again, even though it was, it's, uh, you know, John Piper is the one that wrote it. Uh, that was the perfect time in my life to, to hear that because I don't know if that understand, if I didn't have that understanding, if I would have felt that piece, I truly don't know. Um, and I've, that's been something that stuck with me ever since then, you know, just for years to come after that. It's, it's, it's a great, uh, you know, kind of little golden nugget to take with you, I think, and something that has really given me a lot of peace in my personal life after that, you know?
1: And I don't know what the audience is of the podcast. I know we've kind of mentioned maybe it's people who are in the faith, maybe people who are on the outside, whatever. And I'm just gonna make a bold statement here for those who are listening, who have put their faith in Jesus. They, if they have not understood this, they will one day. For those who are listening and haven't, you'll never understand this. You'll never understand this. Ephesians three nineteen talks about the peace that surpasses all knowledge and understanding, mm-hmm. and you can't understand that unless you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you felt. Right? I was like, I can't explain it. Well, yeah. I God again, God's genius. Not, yeah. He said you're not going to be able to understand. You're not yeah. going to. That's His love that you have inside yeah. of you because of what yeah. Christ did. Again, there's the cross. Yeah. Because of what He did on the cross, whatever this world has to offer. Yeah. Man, it's. There's something deep within us when the Holy Spirit of God is living in us mm-hmm. that helps usher us through those seasons. Because, as again, through that study, through the scriptures of Paul, and the worst thing this world can give me is death. Well, man, that would be the greatest gain because it would send me to my mm-hmm. creator. Mm-hmm. So what you understood was that, that peace of God that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. Yeah. And other people in the outside are like, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I don't either. Like you're I, you you're not experiencing this right now as I am, and the Holy yeah. Spirit is not comforting you and yeah. leading you through this, so you probably won't be able to. So just yeah. be dumbfounded with me. I'll yeah. just be dumbfounded yeah. by this.
0: Right that, that, that was really the way that I felt was like a, 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 a pleasant dumbfoundness. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. again, I, I talked to my parents about it. I would talk to even you know some of my, my close relatives about it, and they would act like, it was kind of funny, like for a little while, I felt like I was going on a media tour. Like I'd, I'd show up and people would be like, so what, what, how are you feeling right now? And I'm like, I, I guess I'm Mr. Mr. Tumor guy for right now. <laughs> um, but you no, know, people would ask me about it. And like, I would tell them, like, I genuinely, I feel at peace with it. Like, I, I don't know, even, even in the midst of, you know, recovery and and figuring out what needed to be done. it's, to this day, like I said, I, I can't, that, that, that was the first time in my life where that verse really rang true for me. And I'm not going to sit here and act like there aren't bad days still. Like there are days that suck and that, you know, days where things, you know, are on all of our shoulders and it's not fun. And, you know, there's days where you wish things would be better. I'm not going to act like it that doesn't exist, but that verse that you talked about in Ephesians doesn't guarantee that every day is gonna be perfect and it's gonna be rainbows and butterflies and you're just gonna have, you know, candies everywhere and it's gonna be great and you're never gonna have a trouble ever again. No, that's not what it says. It says that when those troubles come by, when the days eventually you know inevitably are bad and they don't go good, you're gonna have a companion with you that's gonna make things okay. That's gonna make things worth worth your while. You're not gonna be, you know, alone through the troubles that you're dealing with. You're gonna have someone who's not only gone through that and worse, but knows that that knows what you're going through but knows how to comfort you and give you the peace that you need. And like I said to this day, I know that I know that it was real to me, but I can't I, I don't I don't know. I can't explain it. Like it's it's something that I've never felt since then. It's it's a piece that I truly can't it's hard to, you know, make tangible. It's something I can't bottle up. I can only I can only point you in the direction of where it came from, you know? Um and yeah, it's 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 hard to explain, but I know it's very to be very real in my I,
1: life. I don't think you'll ever be able to explain that's why like we're just ignorant to god's love like it it sounds weird but it's like again he he says this is a peace that surpasses all Mm -hmm. knowledge like there's no way you can think this up and maybe this just happens in individual experiences for everyone who who has a faith walk with jesus is to experience something like this in life but it's a decision that's made in advance okay i think i might have said this when you were in our studies and stuff but a rebellion is easiest when the decision has been made beforehand Mm -hmm not in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you've made this, this 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 attitude, this heart to rebel against whatever thought that may creep in that, life sucks, it's yeah. terrible, you yeah. know, I just have a little rain cloud. No, whatever mm-hmm. happens in life is a blessing from God. So it makes that easier. So when you see Ephesians 3.19 and you're mm-hmm. like, this is a peace that surpasses all. it, you can't put it into words. You mm-hmm. really can't. And for me personally, I remember being in Israel, standing on the Gabbatha, at the Gabbatha in Antonia's fortress on the stones that... A pastor said, if you could, you could pull the very DNA of Christ off these stones because this is where he was beat for you. Mm -hmm. And I remember probably for 30 minutes being in Israel with the guy who actually led me to Christ, I couldn't pick my face up because the tears were flowing. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to ask him questions like, (laughs) what? Like, what is going on? And for 30 minutes, I could only say why.
0: Yeah,
1: I couldn't Mm -hmm. because it wasn't until like a month later when I got back and I came across a scripture again that says this is... This is that peace. This the love of Christ. And this mm-hmm. a peace that comes that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. And for the first time in my life, I understood that God loves me in a way that I'll never truly understand. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing I could say is, why would you love someone who wasn't even wanted mm-hmm. when he was born? Yeah. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Abandoned by the actual parents you gave me. They didn't want me, but you did. Mm-hmm. So much so that you endured this for me. Like, mm-hmm. that that dumbfounds me. Yeah, And God's like, good, that's where you need to be. You just stay right there. That's where you need to be. And it's yeah. a cool thing. And you can't really explain that to people yeah. except for in those situations yeah. so that's a cool thing to hear even years removed from that situation because yeah. i'll be honest i was dumbfounded by your <laughs> your peace through that situation even knowing that scripture was a cool place to be because to see that lived out man it's yeah. it's hard to explain to people
0: yeah and it's it's something that i feel as weird as it sounds like i feel fortunate to have experienced that at the time that i did because you know i was 18 when that happened and You know, most people dare say most 18 year olds don't go through the experience of having a brain tumor or anything that serious. But the reason why I say that is because I now have the very fortunate blessing of understanding that and and knowing that piece. And so now like I'm in my 20s, like I have the whole hopefully the whole rest of my life to experience that to understand that and to know that. And so I know that. Whatever comes, you know, good or bad in the future, in the next, you know, day or years to le- to come, I n- I know that I have that peace, you know? Look at the providence of God. When
1: we're talking about hindsight. I mean, you, you have this word, this phrase, this anything above the cross is yeah. a blessing from God. Yeah right before, like, a terrible thing happens <laughs> in your life. And God's like, uh, uh, uh. is, he going, he, to, is he going to live? Pointing. So yeah. It, yeah. it's the providence of God, yeah. but it's also for the glory of God. Yeah. So not only do you have all those things to experience again, but you have a testimony in your life that speaks to the glory of God through this situation that mm-hmm. happened. So that's a that's an awesome thing yeah. from a, a terrible
0: thing yeah. that comes from the result of yeah. just a fallen world. God can use that, and it's awesome. Man. It's great. It's great, man. And it's something that, like I said, to this day... I, I can't explain or can't tell you what it feels like other than to point you in the direction of where it came from. That's all I know to tell you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 great. It's great. Um, something I want to ask you and, and, you know, kind of in a, in a little bit of a different direction. So you have a – what I deem to be a very unique experience where you work with – Children, I uh, will I'll consi- I guess I'll consider them children, even though I, mean, I guess technically college students can be, you know, adults technically. But you work with people and children of all, of all ages, like you know, up to college and down to what's the what's the lowest grade that you sixth work? Sixth grade. Sixth it's grade. Like,
1: that's like my threshold. Yeah, it's like, that's it. As, low as it goes for me. <laughs> anything, cause outside of that, anything
0: just, below that is daycare, and you I don't just, do that. yeah, I just get like
1: I don't know, like outside of my kids, like yeah. when kids walk up to me, they're like, hey, Mister Josh, I just like <laughs> pat them on the head, you know? I just I don't know what to do. Yeah. So sixth yeah. grade is as low as it goes.
0: Yeah. So. so First off, what two two things? So, what did you want to work in in student ministry like this or was this more like an opportunity that just the door was open for you and you knew you had to take it? Or was this something that you always knew you wanted to do and you took the opportunity when you got it? Or does does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the calling to student ministry yeah. is yeah. is that it's a calling to student ministry and honestly um so I have a degree in biblical studies with a focus in youth ministry. I'd like to tell you that it took me three years to get that, three and a half. I'd like to tell you that it took me four. (laughs) But the reality is, is I had a plan. Mm -hmm. I had a purpose. Mm -hmm. I had a desire. And I tell people all the time, I I was in school long enough to be a doctor, but I just had a four-year degree (laughs) Okay, You know, I got those involuntary vacations that colleges give out whenever, you know, you don't do what you're supposed to do in college. Yeah, Yeah. I got those. But, um, man, honestly, it, it came from really just being faithful where I was. Mm -hmm. Isn't really not understanding what's going on in life. Of course I had a plan, but it was meeting God where he wanted me to be. And then my life changed. So it was actually at a summer camp, actually, I think when you might've been in the student ministry at this time, uh, Camp Cherokee down the road, one of my favorite camps. And um, I was serving there and came across a verse that that, like just, it hit me. So my freshman year in college, I knew that I wanted to be around students. Um, I spent two weeks in nursing school well, it's not even nursing school. Uh, never made it there. I spent like two <laughs> weeks into my freshman year of college on the nursing path and realized, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not going to be me. Mm-hmm. So I quickly changed to uh, PE, a mm-hmm. uh, hard shift. And you're like, why'd you do that? Similar because fields, you know. it's yeah. easy. Like, I was just going to throw dodgeballs at people all day. Like, I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? So that was my path. And But the thing was, I it, it, mean, it's weird. And some people might think this is weird. But the thing that led me to students was coming across the scripture where God, uh, where, where Jesus was talking and he called the little children over and he said that it is better with uh, better for you to have an anchor wrapped around your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea, pointing to the Sea of Galilee than to lead one of these little ones astray. And for some reason, that's what called me mm-hmm. to students, not specifically student ministry, but students. So at that's when I shifted to PE because I wanted to be around the younger generation. I yeah. saw what the man did for me and I was like, man, I can do this same thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until years later where I got a call to ministry mm-hmm. where I felt like, okay, this is what God is calling me to do. And I was on the path. Honestly, here, um, it wasn't an opportunity that opened. I was like, "You know, hey, I think I'll take this. It mm-hmm. was I wanted, like the church I'm at now, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just something that just happened, but like I was studying mm-hmm. under man who led me to Christ and I was hoping I'm leading the college ministry now. Maybe I can do this for a living. And then, you know, he eventually he stepped away and was like, hey, why don't you, again, this this natural progression of Mm -hmm. of, I'm stepping out. I've been discipling you. You step in. And I'm like, this is perfect. Like, this is what I want to do anyways. Like, this is, and I I tell my leaders, even to this day, like, man, I plan on being here doing life with y'all 30 years from now. (laughs) Like, I I still want to be gray-headed and I still serve. (laughs) If we can be in there and the you still you young whippersnappers, whatever it is, like, we want to be doing that because, man, it's, I don't like the idea of the stepping stone mentality that yeah. so many see in student ministries. Like, well, I got to do this. And I'm like, that's honestly, I, I want to be the 80 year old who's still working. You want to be student. the old geezer down it here. Yes, It's it. <laughs> like, let me be. Cause honestly, like especially in the church we're at right now, man, there's so many of what we call the silver stars who have so much wisdom to offer. And I'm like, I, I love how they embrace our students. And I'm like, I want to be that. Like, I want to do that. So mm-hmm. it's just a strong call from God That said, first, I didn't understand it. Of course, hindsight, Mm -hmm. what are you calling me to? What are you leading me to? I thought that was PE because in my life, easy, summer's off. I mean, come on, I go to the beach as much as I want. (laughs) doesn't matter if I'm broke. At least I can go, whatever. That was was my goal because I wanted to be around students. But it wasn't until later where I was like, I got to a point in my life, I was like, man, I I want more of God. Mm -hmm. Like I want all of him, Mm -hmm. whatever he can give me. I want it. I want to chase after him. I want to study after him like I never have before, which turned into me enrolling into a Bible college and God was like, Oh, you, you want to study me? Cool. I'll let you do that. But now I'll grade you on it. Yeah, Okay. So like that, that started that path and man it just in his providence, things just begin to actually, when I graduated, it was the summer I graduated. It was that fall that this opened up where mm-hmm. it was just the leading of God. So mm-hmm. it just worked out, I guess, in his timing, not mine, which yeah. thank God <laughs> again, it's like He's smarter than us, you yeah. know, something yeah. about that.
0: So I want to, I want to ask you about that. And then second thing is, not, you know, I think a lot of times people can look at people working in the church, whether it's you or or whoever in whatever positions. I mean, not everybody can be the, you know, the student pastor at, you know, X church or, you know, Z church, whatever. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's not opportunities or ways that people can't be engaged or be involved in in these ministries. What for you, uh, you know, and this was kind of somewhat unprompted, but I'm, I just want to curious to know what your thoughts are. Uh, for you, what do you see as ways that people can be involved in different, even if even if it's not a student ministry, whether it's student or you know younger than sixth grade or whatever whatever age group. What are some ways that you've seen over the years that people have been able to get involved, and in, you know. Pour into into these age groups, even if they're not, you know, the student pastor or the student minister or this person, you know, on the staff at the church. Uh, What what are some ways that you've seen people been able to pour into the lives of these students or these different individuals, even though they're not like the the minister at this church? If that makes sense, you know.
1: So, number one, God has created every person individually with individual gifts. Um, As a matter of fact, when I got called to. Ministry, Mm -hmm. one of the guys that I was uh, uh, have a close relationship to this day is one of my closest friends. Um, He said, "Just remember that God didn't call this pastor; He already called him. Mm -hmm. He didn't call this guy; He's already got one of those. Like He called you; you were individually gifted. So God's going to use you for your Mm purpose. Everybody's gifted individually. So whatever that gift is that God has given you, you use that for His glory, for His benefit. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what age it is. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what. Everybody can can benefit from whatever God has gifted you with. So." For me, man, it's um, in our student ministry. It can't be closed off, thinking that well, only the leaders here are the only ones who have something to offer to these students. So, mm-hmm. um, just to give your, your dad a plug, <laughs> like man, your dad is one that I call on often. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I want you to come in and be a part of what we're doing here because you have so much to offer your your teaching, your your passion, your perspective mm-hmm. on things. Like, I have him come in and teach students often. It's I mentioned what we call our Silver Stars is our elderly ministry in our church like they have so much to offer to Mm -hmm. these students and you know it's just word from the wise whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. it's how can you how can you spot those individuals who are already being faithful and how can you get them in line with what our students are doing and the path that they're on Mm -hmm. and let them encounter those individuals but for me it's it's seeking those who are already being faithful in what they're doing Mm -hmm. and putting them on the path because I mean every student benefits from those things so uh, man how is an individual being gifted Mm -hmm. how are they using that gift and our, st- our students, mm-hmm. how can they see that? How can they see that lived out? So yeah. people, man, it's just, I don't know. And it's just weird because it's a hard thing. Because I do have people like, I want to serve in the students. Yeah. I'm like, no. Because, <laughs> like you just This isn't the place to just come hang out or something yeah. like that. And you yeah. can ask uh, our leaders, man, like what we have in the saying we say is uh, all of life discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's like when we ask people to come to student ministry, we're not asking you to add to your plate. We're asking you to clear it. hmm Like, we want you fully invested. But then, like, what you're mentioning is the people on the outside. Who are those people who are already being faithful that I Mm -hmm. think, man, I need to get them to encounter our students because our students need to see their faith lived out. Mm -hmm. They need to hear from their perspective. They need to see that there is a different way because if it's only the student ministry, Mm -hmm. and, and just for those who are listening, you probably don't care, But if you're only focused on the student ministry and what they do while they're with you, then they hit 18, 19, and then church is no longer for them because it's not the student ministry. That's not what they've experienced. So I got to go find that experience again. So you have to find ways to get other people, again, who are gifted Mm -hmm. differently than you are, plugged into their lives and... Seeing how God is faithfully using those individuals,
0: and I think like this is this is more, I guess, a little bit of a, a theory on on my part. But I think with the specifically in you know student ministries, I think a lot of times. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from you know my own experience. Like when you're in high school and you know sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, like I say to my friends all the time, like kids are stupid because I was a kid and I was stupid, and I know that I don't know anything. Like I was, you know, I didn't know I didn't know anything about anything. Whenever I was younger, I was just here doing whatever I was doing and having fun. Um, But I realize that whenever I was in church, like in the, you know, in, in the student ministries and, you know, whether you brought someone in or whether someone in was talking or, you know, I got to interact with someone that wasn't in my age group and I got to kind of take from them. I didn't realize it at the time, how big of an impact that would have on me. A lot of times, like, you know, if I was sitting here right now, like if I was sitting right over there and someone was giving their testimony at the time, I would be like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm glad that happened for them. That's great. you know, I'm glad they're in a good spot and that'd just be kind of it. But for me, the impact of these things has more of a, like a delayed effect. I realize it later down the road when that stuff is really important, when the rubber kind of hits the road with, with life, you know, and you really need, you really have to exercise your faith at that point in your your life. That's when these experiences with these individuals who have already walked down this road, that's when it becomes really valuable. At least for me, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that was a lot of my experience. I would say
1: that's children's ministry and student ministry in a nutshell. Yeah. As you plant the seed, but you don't really get to see it. Yeah. And and like, honestly, like the guy who was before me, who led me to Christ, who was the student pastor before me, Mm. I get to see his fruit. And that's just the way it works. So there may be many who come out from under the student ministry who we don't get to see their fruit. We just pray and hope that we did what we were supposed to do faithfully and that God uses that. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I mean, that's how it works yeah. most times. Yeah. And children's ministry, student ministry specifically is you hope and pray. And that's one of the biggest struggles is like sometimes you're preaching, you're teaching, you're leading, you're guiding, you're doing all these things, discipling. And you're like, do you get it? Are you getting it? And <laughs> yeah. you're just like, I just don't know. And yeah. it's, it's later that yeah. you see that. So that's uh, yeah. cool. It's, it's cool to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that every student that comes through here sees that same thing. Yeah. They have that forever encounter with Jesus that changes them eternally yeah. that you get to see later on in life. because. Yeah. Honestly, what you're talking about is the hope versus the one who seems like they get it now and then they don't yeah, later. So, yeah. that's a, it's, man, that's, that's student ministry in a nutshell, really, is yeah. planting those
0: seeds and seeing it yeah. develop and grow later on. Yeah. Something I want to ask you about, and I've, I've had the pleasure of asking a couple different people that are to varying degrees experienced in this question, which will make sense here in just a moment. But uh, the reason I like to ask this question is because it's something that I have yet to experience in my own life. Uh, but I want to know for you personally, how has – this is kind of a, a left turn from what we've been talking about. But how has – just for your own faith, how has is, how is fatherhood changed things for you? Because I know – how many how many kids do you have right now? Yeah, is it three. three? Okay, that's what I thought it was, three. Um, I say that like it's like, you know, charges or something. Like, how many charges you got? <laughs> it seems
1: like it sometimes. Yeah.
0: But, but, no, the reason why I say that is because virtually every individual I've talked to that that is a parent, whether they've been a parent for a day or a parent for – 50 years, whatever. Um, that's always like a turning point in your life. You know, like that's, that is a moment where things change, you know, for good or for, you know, for better or for worse. Um, and for you personally, like you, you work and live in like, it is your job to be here in the church. And I want to just hear what you, what you have to say, just what has your perspective on fatherhood and your faith, how has that been molded and shaped since you've been a father? And since you've been able to experience, uh, you know, three different children in your life.
1: So for me, the cool thing about that is I didn't get saved <clears throat> until later on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so roughly right before I turned 18, mm-hmm. but then I've got a kid at 21. Mm-hmm. So there's not, not a lot of – there's not a big gap between yeah. my faith and yeah. my children. But to, to say that, um, man, it's <laughs> – how much time do you got? It's, <laughs> hey, I'm here, I'm here it's all day. Changed. <laughs> it's changed everything. Um, and I, me and my wife would have these talks early on with my first child, my, my oldest – as my boy is, one of my greatest fears early on in, in having a family was standing before God and Him saying, You failed as a father. You failed as a husband. So like it taught me very early on that, man, when I parent, I don't do it for anybody else mm-hmm. other than the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm getting His approval. Yeah. And, the, you know, hindsight, again, I know that if I'm doing that, then nobody else's opinion matters. Yeah. Honestly, I don't care about what, what it is. So it, it changes everything. But man, I, I can tell you, pinpoint one specific thing with fatherhood and my faith. Growing up, my family was very direct, mm-hmm. very blunt. Mm-hmm. It's like it was easy to see like the harsh side of discipline. <laughs> so you're wrong, get ready for the consequences. Um, for me, one of the hardest things for me and one of the coolest things for me at the same time is seeing my kids grow, be kids, do those dumb things that we, we get to see and be challenged every time with how are you going to react because my greatest desire, my greatest hope, my biggest job is for my kids to look at me, their earthly father, and to have a correlation between their heavenly father. So when they come to me Yes, you've you've done whatever, but how will I respond? How will I react? Will you find mercy here? Will you find compassion here? I hope so, and I, I know that that's not always the case yeah. because I, I am human, and one of those things that I I hate praying about is patience because God's always like, "Oh, coming soon," but, you know. <laughs> uh, but that that to me is one of my things. So like, I had a my my boy got actually my oldest boy got saved this uh, past year and baptized, yeah. and from then on, like I, I, me and my wife have talked, but it's like now when he comes to us with the wrongs. You have to change the way you respond and react because now it's not judgment. So there's a hard shift Mm -hmm. in our relationship with Him because before this, yes, your consequences have actions and you will be judged for them. But now, as a believer, you will not. So Mm -hmm. in this house, we have to find the balance. Yes, there's consequences, Mm -hmm. but we want to respond with compassion and mercy Mm -hmm. because we want you to see how your heavenly Father would treat you in the same situation. So, man, it changes everything. Yeah, your your faith and and parenting is you, and maybe we'll talk about these things later. Everything you do with your kid is shifting them away from this moment, this life, to eternity. Mm-hmm. So everything you parent them through mm-hmm. has to be with eternity in mind. And that's one of the hardest things, but it's one of the coolest things, one of yeah. the coolest challenges right there. So yeah. it changes everything. I don't know if that if y'all got anything from that, but like it literally changes everything.
0: Yeah. Well... It- and, and like I said, the reason why I asked that is, is partly because it's like, I'm, am, I'm am not a father. I do not have a child. Uh, and so it's something that you can only know truly and experience until you, you experience it, you know? Uh, you know, it's like, I can hear you talk about being a father all day and I get that, but like, I can't, I can only take so much from that. Cause like, I am not a, it's on. it's something you can only, once you've crossed that finish line, like that's, that's when you understand, you know? Um, but at the same time, I've heard so many people talk about just how even, you know, uh, I've, I've heard them talk about how when you have a child, when you bring a child into the world, it's suddenly your priorities change. Suddenly, the things that matter to you, suddenly the things that are important to you, they they become very different uh, because it's not just you. It's not just uh, worrying about yourself and maybe you know you know your your your, your spouse. Um, you you have someone you have to be uh, you have to be accountable for now. You have to you have to raise someone. You have to take everything you've learned and you've experienced up until that point and hope that that's going to be good enough for you to raise this person up to be a decent human being as well. Yeah. And so then add on to it, like all of that, plus the fact that you, you want him to be a Christian, you want him to love Jesus. You want him to live a life that reflects his love. That's a lot of things to, that, that's a big, a big task to deal with, you know? Um, but to me, think, man, there's a lot of pressure off in
1: parenting yeah. because like, For my kids, if they look up to me and they're like, Oh man, daddy's my hero, I'm like, that's awesome. But like aim higher, you know? And it's like the pressure's off because I'm not the standard. Yeah. I don't want them to look to me and see me as the standard. That's that's setting them up for failure and it's it's pushing them to Christ. That's the standard. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's we're living in fellowship as as husband and wife and and as mother and father and, you Mm -hmm. know, child relationship. We want them to see that, hey, listen, we we mess up too, Mm -hmm. but here's how God responds to us just like he does with you. Mm -hmm. So the pressure's off in a lot of sense, like as parents, like we We're going to mess up. And they're going to see that, but they're going to see a heavenly father who responds. And and, and in that, from the very first night, you talk about how it changes you. And this is one of the coolest things for me having kids is how having a kid changed me specifically as a believer. Mm -hmm. I remember the first night in the hospital um, with my oldest son Mm -hmm. and my wife, and I just remember looking at her and saying, never. I never would. I was like, I would never give my child for somebody else. I remember sitting in the hospital and thinking, why in the world would God give his one and only son? Because I'm telling you, mm. I'm not giving mine for nobody Yeah. to this day. And you're like, what? Seems weird as a pastor. Get over it. <laughs> like, I'm not giving up my kids for nobody, but yet he loved us so much. And it changed everything for me. Like, it, I swear, yeah. it changes everything. And that was just, I was thinking about that when you mentioned that. It's so, again, there's that word, dumbfounding, mm-hmm. that this is how much God loves us, that he would give his. And at that time, it was my one and only. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's why you're a God and I'm not. Like, yeah. this ain't never happening with me, but yeah. like, it, it, man, it changes everything. Yeah. And that's the hope is that, that those things where you have those experiences in life where God dumbfounds you, the parenting aspect is you, you hope that your kid experiences those same things where like the pressure's off because your one and only goal is to point them to the to yeah. Heavenly Father yeah. and just make sure you're being faithful in what you're doing. And yeah. hopefully they, they can see through the failures and the mess ups and yeah. see that your relationship with God is the most important thing.
0: So, And, and that is a perfect segue to uh, something I want to ask you. So, you know, obviously having a A child uh, is—I mean, not the only milestone, but like that's a—you know—that's something where you talked about how things are never the same after that. Uh, You experience things that you've never experienced, and you—you feel, you know, like you talked about, you feel love for another person that you could never get. You—you can't replicate it in any any other way. And so, obviously, that was years ago uh, when when your first child was born. But something I want to ask you is just. I hear a lot of times, uh, people where, and I, I mean, I've, I've even experienced this to varying degrees in my own life where it can be people where I've heard people say like, I don't, I don't see God in my own life. Like I, I, I want to, I want to do the things I know I need to do and I want to be the person I want to be, but I feel like I'm not seeing God or I feel like I don't know where he is or I don't, I don't know if I've, I i do not feel him with me. Um, and I think, but, for me, a lot of times, I think just taking a moment to slow down, and even if it's just in a normal, you know, average day, looking around and seeing where God has been. How has God interacted? How has God blessed you today? Um, that's a, a a great, a big thing for me is just taking that time to recognize him in my own life. And so I want to ask you, where in your own life have you seen God have immediate work in your own life. Just, in, just a recent example. Because uh, the reason I want to ask you that is, I think a lot of times p- it can be very easy to kind of dig your own grave in this in this situation. Where if you feel like God isn't near you, if you feel like you're alone, then that's a rabbit hole you can go down and just you can just start burying yourself in that and just you know thinking, oh my God, I'm like I'm alone. Like he doesn't understand. Like I don't know what what I'm supposed to do next. But hearing other individuals who are also going through life just like you are. And knowing that they are experiencing god like they they have god in their life is incredibly reassuring for me at least uh and so i want to hear from you just what are some some immediate examples that you have of god working in your own personal life
1: we talk about this mindset and what you just mentioned there was like i don't see god in my life first question i ask is where are you looking Mm -hmm. like are you looking for him in your circumstances or whatever that may be anybody who knows me knows that i'm not like a pity party guy Mm -hmm. like again i love the power of god (laughs) Um, I love the examples in the scripture of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, whenever I look at my life and I think, okay, whatever's going on in my life right now, well, what's going on? Why mm-hmm. is it happening? Mm-hmm. What, like, I got to look to the scriptures. So, like, I'm one of those people who, like, if life, as you mentioned, if life sucks right now, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to look to the examples in scripture. And I'm like, oh, Josh, your life's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell that to Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen, beaten, left, yeah, dead, shipwrecked, all those things right there. Hey, if you go to Jerusalem, we are going to kill you. So, you know, like yeah. so, I, I compare my life to those things. I'm like, you know what, life's not that bad. So when I look in situations like that, it's um, we talked about this earlier. Anything above death on a cross is a blessing from God. So if life is bad, we let's look at where the things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I have a hard time relating to that mindset. Mm-hmm. Just because I find it easier to focus on where it's good and it's easy to throw those yeah those parties where it's like man nothing right now is going good in life well the best thing about that is as i said that last word breath came out so god gave me he gave me life today yeah if we're going to say life's not good let's just just start off with the fact that we have life yeah we are breathing so uh, i don't man i don't know encouragement for for people going through those situations would be just simply like uh, the examples in the scripture that God is faithful. We've mentioned how many times already in this podcast that mm-hmm. God is faithful. Mm-hmm. So many stories from the Bible, but also individually in our life that God is faithful. So it's its do what we're we're commanded to do is to remember His faithfulness, mm-hmm. to remember how good He is no matter what's going on, but to step back and say, what is going on right now and why is it going on? Mm-hmm. I may not know the exact reason, but I do know one of them. is that God wants to be glorified through whatever's going on. So, mm-hmm. So what is that? And you ask like, man, how do you... How do we go through those? How do we deal with those? Currently in my life right now, I think like if I had to put it up in just two words, one statement, it would be lead faithfully. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're going through right now, be faithful with what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, be faithful with where God has you at and to lead whatever capacity God has given you in leadership, lead. Mm-hmm. So just lead faithfully with where you're at, okay? And, and that's my, my thing. I don't know where that sound came from. <laughs> it kind of scared me. I hope it was your headphones because that scared me to death. Yeah. But like, uh, if life is not good, mm-hmm. be faithful. Mm-hmm. If, if, if things seem like they're, they're not going well, continue to lead, mm-hmm. whatever capacity that is. If you're not in charge, lead with whatever God has given you. Mm-hmm. So just lead faithfully. And in my life right now, uh, I mean, it's Christmas season. Things are kind of slow, mm-hmm. laid back. Whenever the chaos of ministry kicks in right mm-hmm. there, it's just be faithful be faithful with where you're at right there. Hopefully God will be glorified in what you're doing and make sure that no matter what's going on, when it's done, the only thing that could be said of you is man, he he was faithful in that situation. He led in that situation right there and God will be honored and glorified through that. Yeah,
0: and and another thing I think to kind of go along with that is something I try to remind myself of is you know, when whether life is going good or bad, um, you know, kind of put that in air quotes because like what is good what is bad um, you know whatever but, but but our by our standard you know human definitions of a good day and a bad day is understanding you know kind of the long game of things yeah maybe today sucked maybe it was just the worst day you could you know it was not what you wanted it to be everything you tried to do failed and you know every puddle you could have tripped into and fell, and fallen into you tripped and fell into but even if today was not great that does not mean that there is no, no benefit or nothing. You can, you can't take from the day. Um, I, you know, we've both given examples of, of things that I would not, you know, (laughs) I would not characterize as good things in both of our lives. Uh, and yet down the road, we've been able to kind of play the long game and see that there are things we have taken from these experiences, good or bad, that we have been able to use for good in our life later down the road. Um, just because maybe today isn't great, just because you uh, were not born into a great situation like yourself, just because you were given a horrible medical diagnosis at one point in your life, those things are not good. I would not qualify those things as good things in, in any regard. Um, but that doesn't mean that just because that day or that experience is bad, that it can't ever be used for good or or have a positive effect down the road in your own life. And th- you know that can be a Sometimes I can be an, a good thing to be reassured by. Like sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of like the patting somebody in the back and being like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Like sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. But I think that having that mindset of understanding that things will, the good and the bad of today will be used for good down the road is incredibly reassuring, at least for me personally. Um, and I think that's a great thing to be reminded by, especially, you know, as a uh, you know, when, when it'll, it allows your faith to be grown to be grown as well because that really puts your faith into action because like I said, we've talked about life is not promised to be easy. It's going to be difficult at times.
1: That has um, to be the mindset every day though, yeah. is no matter what this day brings, how will God be glorified? Mm-hmm. Because it's easy in, in the moment, if it's not going good to say, well, this is terrible, mm-hmm. well, it probably will end terrible. Yeah. It'll probably be <laughs> bad. But if you stop in that situation and say, how will God be glorified through this, yeah. then, then he can use that. And that has to be the mindset Before is the glory of God. And that's hoping that other people will be dumbfounded by the the love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. But again, Mm -hmm. the mindset made before. Yeah. Because it's hard to do
0: in that moment. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Um, One of of the kind of last things I want to ask you here is, uh, you know we've been talking about a lot of different things here and and you know we've mentioned the fact that you work in a very unique situation uh, you know you deal with with kids of very different ages uh, you said up 6 up 6th six, grade uh, not the age of 6th sixth, uh, sixth grade up to yeah <laughs> yeah 6th uh, grade up until college and i know in my personal life that time frame for in a lot of ways is very formative. Like the things that you do and the experiences that you have and the habits that you make whenever you're in that age range, they're most likely going to stick with you in some way once you move out of that age range. Um, and that is amplified, in my opinion, that's amplified to the you know nth degree regarding our faith. Uh, I think if you know if you grow up outside of the church for the first two to three decades of your life, it's going to be pretty hard for you to want to get into the get into your faith. In the years following that. But similarly, I think if you grow up in a a, a good, healthy environment, you're surrounded by a church family that loves you, it's going to be much more likely that you may want to stay in that as you exit those formative years of your life. And so as the individual who is kind of like, in a lot of ways, spearheading the faith of these individuals who are in the sixth, seventh and and up grades, what have you seen to be a common pitfall that these students go through, Uh, a common hurdle that they go through that That you you know with the experience that you have is something that if they can just surpass this one thing or if they can learn this this uh, this piece of knowledge that they will be able to move past the the hurdles that they're dealing with. Uh, But the reason the reason I ask that is because oftentimes I think that when you're in this age range, it can be difficult to you can think that the problems you have are just you know the worst problems in the world. You know Uh, when the reality is it just takes a little bit of F a little bit of help from someone like yourself who has more experience to get over those hurdles. So what have you seen in your experience to be something that these, these kids deal with? I think there's two routes you can go. Um, if we're talking about
1: what is the thing that a student grasp Mm -hmm. that keeps them in the church? I mean, there's a lot of statistics that'll tell you what, what keeps a a person in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're talking about what keeps a person in the church, and the thing that we hope for is, I would say two words, authority and accountability. Mm -hmm. Not my authority, Mm -hmm. but if they would approach the Scriptures as the authority and the final authority of their life, that this Word is true, Mm -hmm. that God is true. If they grasp that, then there's not much anything else that we have to add. Mm -hmm. But if they get the authority of the Scriptures, that it is the final word, that if the Bible says this, then it's true, and that's all that matters. And then accountability, that they're willing to do life with people who will hold them accountable, then you will see them desire to be in the church, to do life that way. If you're talking about just hurdles that they have to jump throughout their career, man, oh man, oh man, I feel like that's a list as long as the kids are presenting Santa right now. Like, I mean, you talk about everything. Um, uh, the root of it really is just desire and passion. Um, you don't have to beg people to do things they love. So if people love being here, they're going to be here. If they yeah. don't, it's uh, at the root of it. It's a desire, or passion for not understanding who God is yeah. and how important that is in their life. Um, you talk about distractions, man, sports, extracurriculars. There's a, a broken mindset from the one raising them, might be telling them that this is the most important thing in life. You talk about parenting earlier. Mm-hmm. The things we show our kids are important, those are the things they're going to live. Um, there's. Uh, so many distractions there's really at the root of uh, again if i'm understanding your question like things they have to hurdle to to get it it's a desire to want to be in the bible Mm -hmm. but a lack of Mm -hmm. know-how like what do i start what do i do Uh, Mm -hmm. man that list is that list is long as far as those things outside of a a foundational understanding of who they are in Mm -hmm. christ that, that man again we got another hour to, <laughs> to talk about the, the the many hurdles and distractions and things that students face now that i mean what was it you were out of school how long have you been out for from from college high school uh, let's just say high school
0: oh high school um four or five years
1: yeah I mean, how much has changed since when you went? i'm serious if you walk <laughs> through your high school hallways you yeah. be like what is yeah. and i've done that and every yeah. time i think about how long i've been out of high school i'm like man i'm getting old yeah but it's been like 13 years or so for me when i go back in i'm like
0: yeah, no, trust me. I Literally, just just a couple, de- a couple days ago was the one-year anniversary of me graduating from UTC, and I'm like,
1: how? It's I insane. And just think about like the distractions and the hurdles that you had to jump just yeah. from college to high school. I mean, there's so many. Mm-hmm. I just picked up, you can't see this, but I just picked up my phone, yeah. and the average screen time probably of a teenager is probably, what, eight hours? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a full workday. Mm-hmm. If they got paid to do that, man, they'd be some of the, <laughs> the richest people in the world. But, I mean, you talking about distractions, man. Yeah. There are so many hurdles to jump. Um that we really, even in this, the ministry, have to take into consideration mm-hmm. of, you know, you're talking about, was it a vine generation or mm-hmm. you get know, them for like six seconds. <laughs> uh, even when we we throwback. preach, we teach, we talk about, yeah. and it's like um, one quote that I heard from a guy was when the, uh, the rear goes numb, the mind goes dumb. Mm-hmm. Like we have to take those things into consideration even while we're teaching because of uh, the way students are being conditioned, but also Having to fight that and say that that's not the standard that we have. The mm-hmm. standard that we have is the Word of God and a desire to be in that Word. So, again, man, I don't know if I answered that at all. But no, you if you about That's perfect. The, the thing that we hope they see before they leave, but also the distractions and hurdles they have to jump over. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a, maybe that's a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a session in and of itself because there's yeah. so many things that we have to, to deal yeah. with that are just common hurdles yeah. in everyday it, life.
0: And then kind of in a, in a similar vein to kind of begin wrap things up here, I want to ask you, and this is, you know, you could, you could ask anybody this, but in a similar way, you know, we're talking about, you know, you, you deal with, with students a lot and the things that they over, and they have to deal with. And I mentioned earlier, you know, something you told me that you took from a, from a John Piper book that really stuck with me a lot. And that while that's not technically like a verse in the Bible, um, I do want to know from you just what is we we mentioned Job thirty eight so I'm gonna that one's off the table now uh, but I want to know from you what is a just a, a piece of scripture that really sticks with you that has given you given you the the strength and the hope that you need uh, that you that you've been able to keep with you over the years that if you could pass on, I mean, I, you can, but if you could somehow take it and hand it to another person and say, I want you to keep this with you the same way I've been able to keep it with me, what is a, a piece of scripture that really sticks with you? Uh, aside from Job 38, we've already talked about that one. <laughs> yeah. That's my, yeah. my <laughs> Just I love the power of But
1: right now, so we are doing, um, in the student ministry, we're doing a study <clears throat> in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. People ask, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Let's see what Jesus says mm-hmm. he is. You know, let's see who he says he is. So we're doing John. And my, my favorite thing in that is we use the last verses all the way throughout the, the, the lessons. Mm-hmm. And so we're, I guess this would be our second year in the Gospel of John. We're starting back up in January. Yeah. And um, John 20, 30 through 31, many things were recorded in the presence of the disciples that are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may understand that Jesus is the Messiah, mm-hmm. the Son of God. And by believing in Him, you may have eternal life. Mm-hmm. That verse like just hammers me because it, it tells me who Jesus is. Okay, that there is salvation found only in Him. If you want to live forever, there is no other name that Mm -hmm. will save you, Acts 4. There is no other name under heaven and earth that will save you from your sin Mm -hmm. outside of Jesus. If that's the reality, my favorite verse of Mm -hmm. all time, Psalm 42, 1. As the deer pants for water, O God, so my soul longs for you. I thirst for the living God. Mm -hmm. If Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and the salvation is found only in His name, then I want Him. Mm-hmm. I want all of Him. Yeah. And Psalm 42.1, if I thirst for the living God, then I can know that I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing outside of that. That is, to me, my go-to. My number one is I to make it. sure that my life is on par with longing for nothing than, other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Put that on a t-shirt. I love it.
0: That's great. (laughs) I love it. That's That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, to, I guess to answer my own question, um, you know, and, and I, I, I also, there's a, there's a song that goes along with that verse as well. Uh, but for me personally, a verse that really, that has stuck with me for years now, it's more, I guess, a section of verses. Um, is the, the beginning of James, uh, is where it's in James one, like two through four or five S- specifically those, ver- I mean the whole chapter, I love the first chapter, but, uh, specifically those first set of verses it and I mean, not really a surprise in this, but it talks about, uh, how the trials that we face, the things that we deal with, the, the ups and downs of life, the good and the bad, uh, no matter what it is, it's it's all an opportunity for your faith to mature, for you to grow. Um, and seeing that, like seeing that in the Bible for the first time, I was like, that is – I've never seen that before. Like I did not know that that verse – because it puts it so plainly. It's like, listen – and, and that's part of why I love that that book is because it's it's extremely black and white and practical. It's like this is what you need to do, this is what you don't need to do, um, and it tells you right there like the good and the bad of life. All of it is good because all of it is an opportunity for you to test your faith and to grow it. And I think that's beautiful. I think it's it's I love that that portion of the Bible and something that to this day I still I still try to remind myself of and keep with me no matter what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with. Uh, and I think that understanding allows you to live out the, the Psalm 42, uh, that, that you mentioned having that thirst, uh, for him, that thirst for, uh, truly wanting to live for him. It can only be found once you've been able to allow your faith to grow, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, I love it, man. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, now that we've kind of, that's a lot and most of the, the things I wanted to ask you about, we could probably just keep going, uh, for, for another hour or so, I but like to I don't want to, I don't want to keep it too long, but. A way that I like to a little tradition on the show at this point uh, a way that I like to finish each episode off in a little bit of a different vein of whatever we've been talking about uh is a little segment that I like to do and I didn't tell you about this but in uh, this was intentional uh I like to finish each interview off with a little little segment I call 15 quick questions just to get your your takes on different things and to hear what you have to say so these are 15 questions this or that questions. So it's you know it's either going to be A or B. You know it's, you know hot or cold something like that. Uh, and I just want to hear your off the top of your head your your thoughts on these on these different things. So you ready? Maybe. <laughs> it's not, it's nothing nothing too crazy. But so I want to afraid right now. <laughs> uh, all right, this is 15 quick questions with Mr. Josh Simpson. First off, do you pronounce it caramel or caramel? Caramel. Caramel. Do you prefer hot coffee or iced coffee? I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> Super hot. I'll hot. <laughs> for 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 uh, clear for clarification, he is currently or he was drinking a, a cup of hot coffee. Uh, or at least I'm assuming that's coffee. I guess it could have been hot chocolate. Uh, <laughs> third, third cup of coffee. Um, which do you prefer? Summer, fall, winter, or spring? Man, fall and spring. Summer when I'm at the beach. I'm sorry. Is that this or that? <laughs> if you if you can if you can only pick one, which one would you go to? Fall. fall? I love I love fall as well. Sweet or savory food. <laughs> like both, man. Let's
1: just say savory, okay. Savory post thirty like vegetable beef stews, but, like my thing, I don't know why. But yeah, savory. You big, you
0: big super guy. Savory. I'm turning yeah. it. I'm turning into it. I'm, it. I'm the same. I'm the same. Uh, what do you, in your opinion do sandals work with or without socks? Like what do you, what do you prefer, sandals with or without socks? I know that I without think socks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Currently wearing now when it's forty
0: degrees outside. I love it. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? What
1: you don't like pineapple on pizza? I'm not gonna talk about how weird you are, right, dude? Now. Like everyone love, else that follows you, dude. I love pineapple. That's, like,
0: that's that is one thing. Um, I love pineapple in in all forms. <laughs> um, sunrise or sunset?
1: Sunset. That means bedtime is
0: right around the corner. <laughs> Guacamole or salsa?
1: Salsa.
0: Would you prefer to visit the beach or the mountains? I think I know the answer to this question as I well. I
1: Say beach. <laughs> like, I just I love the beach, but at the same time, I love the mountains. These are hard. Beach.
0: Nice. Uh, let's see. A lot of these are food related. This is just what I, what I I, I, think I you base off pick of. These for me,
1: probably. Well, no, these so are
0: yeah yeah uh, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut smooth. butter. Smooth. Um, New York style pizza or deep dish. Deep dish. You like deep dish? I like deep dish as well. Uh, who, in your opinion, would win in a dance battle, The Rock or Kevin Hart? Oh, man, I'm <laughs> go with Kevin Hart, The Rock. Looks he looks he's <laughs> all, he's also about like 80 pounds heavier than than yeah, Kevin man, Hart. So like Kevin. He looks yeah. Stupid. Uh, which decade do you prefer the 70s 80s or 90s I'm a 90s baby 90s baby I don't remember you from (laughs) the 70s or 80s I gotta say 90s uh, which of your which of these these end of the year uh, holidays do you prefer? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's? It's gotta be Christmas, man. I love Christmas, Christmas as well. I love the Christmas season. I, think, I Christmas love Christmas tree it. without
1: in October.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then this is the last question. I always at the, the questions before this I always change it up a little bit. But the last question I ask everybody the same last question. So I want to get your I want to hear your answer, but I want I want I want you to elaborate on on why that is. Would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? And you can take a take a minute to, to kinda get the mental picture in your head. I mean like, like fist fight? So you can do fist fight. The thing if it, the thing I always say is you can have like a like a blunt object with you. So if you want like a like a baseball bat or something, or like a like a you know, a pipe, something like that maybe. like something yeah. something to that extent to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of help. But in in those situations, which one would you would you prefer? Can we talk this out? Sure, yeah. Give me your okay. give me your thoughts. Okay, yeah. so these
1: little mini horses Yeah. That are like ducks. Are yeah. they as strong as like a big horse? Or they just have the same little power as a duck?
0: I think, in my mind, the way I'm envisioning it would be like if you just proportionately shrunk a horse down. Like it's, you know, it yeah. So it, would, it wouldn't be I like mean, this. I guess it,
1: have the power of a horse like an ant. No, you know it, how strong an <laughs> ant is? You know, like when you put it in like, – I mean, I don't want to get all scientific here, but –
0: I, I don't think like one mini horse would have the strength of a normal sized horse, but okay. like you know, it'd be proportionate. So like, it's still gonna be pretty fast, and like, it might it might you know kick you in the leg but or something a like size that. Duck sized horse. A, a duck sized horse. Size horse. horse <laughs>
1: like, duck sized horse has really nothing to do except for maybe peck you. That's
0: a big animal though. I mean, is, I mean, it's, it's got big neck. wings. It could like because like, I mean, if I like a blunt sized object, <laughs> that's a duck hunter. Like if I hit him in his neck, is it gonna do it? I mean, you may have to give it a few more hits because it's not like a normal sized duck. i go. I've gotta go
1: with a. Horse-sized duck. A horse-sized duck?
0: I do, because duck. I, it's only one thing to worry about.
1: <laughs> and like, I guess you can get flogged. Maybe.
0: Yeah, Maybe. See, Maybe I, picked one time, yeah, well, like, see, I've I've heard so many different answers with this, and I love, like I've heard some people say, "Well, there's only one thing I have to focus on; think I think I could deal with that." But I've heard heard some people be like, "No, like I'll bring take on the hundred horses; I'll just give them a good you know sweep of the leg, and they'll be taken care of, or something like that." So it's just.
1: I've not seen the <laughs> movie Gremlins or anything like that. Like, there's a lot to consider. That's a that's a tough question.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, that's that's all the all the questions I had for you. Uh, so thank you for thank you for playing along there uh, at the end. Um, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be laying in bed like doing the math in your head like well maybe I could have been... yeah. be, uh, so... <laughs> uh Before we finish, do you have any like links or social media or anything you you feel free to share with anybody that anybody can if you want to share you don't have to. But I don't anything worth like following?
1: I'm a I mean like you're coolest guy knows so I don't know <laughs> if you might want to follow me man I'm no just my name if you if you seek to find me on anything honestly I would just say our. Our church. That's about the only thing worth falling about me right there is what you see on those. So, um, no, nothing special about me worth falling in a (laughs) sense. So, uh, everything about me that's cool is, is Christ. I know we've said that quite a bit, but Christ is
0: cool, and that's the only thing I have to offer. I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, uh, thank you again for for making a little bit of time uh, to chat with me today. Uh, it's been I've been looking forward to this, and so I know we probably could have gone for another hour and a half after this, but maybe maybe one day we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it again. Uh, but thanks for taking a little bit of time to chat with me today. It was it was a lot of fun um and if you're listening thank you for listening and tuning into today's episode i hope that you enjoyed it hope that you uh you know got something out of it it's been a a pleasure getting to chat with different people about their faith and getting to hear what they have to say about it so it was a lot of fun i hope that if you're if you're listening enjoyed it feel free to Check out the description. There'll be some different links and stuff down there. If you'd like to contact uh, or or send your feedback to the podcast, Uh, there'll be a link down there for that. Um, And yeah, all those links will be in the description. So thank you again for chatting with me today. And uh, thank you to all the listeners out there. We'll catch you on another episode of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode. and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya!